Our scripture reading today comes from John 8, 21 to 32. Later Jesus said to them again, I'm going away. You will search for me, but will die in your sin. You cannot come where I'm going. The people asked, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean, you cannot come where I'm going? Jesus continued, you are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Who are you? They demanded. Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what he pleases. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. We're going to jump back into our sermon series we've been doing the last three weeks on emotionally healthy spirituality today. And so in 2018, I was taking a Vineyard Institute course on healing. I had already taken the first semester, which was on physical healing, and I was about to start the second semester. And then the teacher announced that we were going to learn about emotional healing in the second semester. And as soon as he said that, Jesus spoke to me and said, this is for you. And for me, that was like super cool, but also terrifying. Uh, the, the next six months of my life, most of the time, um, it was fantastic, but it was also painful. I met with people and confessed my sin, pains, and hurts to those I trusted and people who led me. I took moments and visited painful memories of what others did to me or sins that I had done and invited Jesus to tell me what he thinks of those moments. I allowed Jesus to walk with me in my memories of, of, of those moments. Um, I went and apologized to others that I knew that I had hurt or was holding resentment against and asked for forgiveness. It was a terrifying but a beautiful process for me that Jesus is still doing today. But specifically that time, it was me learning essential skills about how to become emotionally healthy and becoming freer than I ever had been before in my life. Before then, I would tell you that I was stuck in cycles of fear and shame. And as a result, uh, I felt stuck in my relationship with Jesus. How many of you have ever been there before? How many of you have ever had that moment in life that you came to the realization that life has either plateaued or that you are living in a rut or that you are stuck in the wall that Lindsay talked about last week and you're trying to go through, but you're not sure how to do that? Or in recent weeks of listening to this sermon series, have you desired to grow emotionally healthy, but you're not sure how to go about it? What do we do about it? I think, and for me personally, during that six months of my life, I found one essential skill that I had to have to make it through, to make it through my own wall in life, and that essential skill is honesty. The key to growth 
is honesty. I think we need the ability and discipline of honesty in order to truly grow emotionally and spiritually in a way that will bring about growth in our lives. The problem, though, is most of us usually flirt around being honest with ourselves and others. Have you ever met a person who loves truth and knowledge but isn't honest with themselves about themselves? Do you know people like that? Um, They have more knowledge and, and intellectual intelligence than most people, but they can't admit to themselves that thing that keeps repeating the problem. A person that is passionate about truth, but is not honest. Um, um, I know in recent months, we found out about a famous apologist who made an impact on my life, and some things came out after his death, and he was a fighter for truth, and he had legit truth, but we found out his life didn't match up with all that he was saying in the later years of his life. He was a guy that was about truth and loved truth, but he wasn't honest with himself and others about himself. Contrast that with someone who doesn't have a lot or have as much knowledge, but they have the ability to be honest with themselves. They have the ability to say, I need to figure this out. I need to admit what is going on with me. I need to sit down and think about this. This type of person is set for growth. They may not have all the knowledge or know the right words that others do, but they have simple honesty in their lives. Being an honest seeker, though, is really hard to do. The hardest part of being a pastor is getting people to start seeking and to become seekers. That's our hope for this sermon series. Not that you just get knowledge, but you start seeking based on what you have learned. And once a person becomes a seeker, guys, and as a pastor, I love this. Whenever I see someone becomes a seeker, I'm excited because I know I know they're going to grow. They are primed for a breakthrough in their lives because they're going to seek until, until they break through. So to make people seekers, we have to develop the ability to be honest with ourselves and others because you can't truly seek or have that ability without being honest. Um, we have to be honest with ourselves about why we do what we do in life. And that's a rare quality to have. It takes humility and courage. That's the first, first step and the first advice I would give to anyone to jumpstart this process. Having honesty but being clueless is okay, guys. It's, it's the fun part of the life of faith. We don't know everything whenever we enter into something. But being a person that has no interest in being honest no matter how much knowledge they attain, is difficult to deal with and ultimately trouble. Being honest in today's culture, though, is also a hard thing to do. We don't want to be honest with people about ourselves because not all people will look to help us. Actually, some people will use that against us. Or we think we need to project a certain image to get by or in the role that we have. And the reality is, guys, if you are completely honest and vulnerable all the time, to everyone, you're going to get your butt kicked. I know from experience, I tried that. I got my butt kicked. But also, it's a skill to apply that we need some wisdom with. You want to be honest with yourself, but not with everyone all the time. This makes it hard, though, to be honest with ourselves about ourselves because we hide what we don't want others to know, so that means we also hide from ourselves. We can't always trust the truth about ourselves with people, 
So ultimately, we ignore the truth about ourselves to some extent. Even as Christians, it's easy to believe truths about God, but it's harder to know the truth about ourselves. It's easy to know that it's easy to know that we sin doctrinally, but it's really the hard, hard to admit when we sin in the moment. It's just harder to admit that we've made a mistake. We all know that as humans, we have problems. Um, we're all in the process of sanctification and growing into Christ, and we won't be perfect until the day He comes. Um, it's just that sometimes we're just not interested in knowing or confronting the problems behind the problems. We don't have honesty to ask the question, why am I making the choices I'm making? Why do I feel the way that I feel in this situation? And that is the work of different differentiation, the term Lindsay used two weeks ago. An example of the work of differentiation is me and my wife when we went to her parents for Thanksgiving. Her father, um, who normally makes all the food for, for us, he is generous and kind in that. But then he looked at me because I know I have my own guacamole dip, and he asked me to make guacamole. So I told him, yeah, I'll do it. And I was really excited because I was finally going to be a part of that process. Um, and so I jump into the kitchen, and I'm, and I'm cutting stuff up for, for the guacamole. And then my wife comes in, and she starts throwing things into the bowl for me. And she's cutting up everything else, and she's throwing ingredients into it and helping me out. She's being really kind to me. But in that moment, that wasn't what I was experiencing. Um, honestly, for me, I was experiencing in that moment, I felt anger. And I felt a lack of self-worth. I felt incompetent to make my own guacamole. So in me was rising up this anger. And it was confusing me. About halfway through, I just excused myself and went to the bedroom to think about, why am I so mad? And, and as I'm thinking, I found a common theme in my life. Um, whenever I was a child, I had a parent that regularly told me that I didn't know what I was doing and then would swoop in and start doing it for me. So what I was experiencing in that moment really had nothing to do with my wife. My anger was not towards my wife. It had everything to do with what I experienced in my childhood. I was experiencing not just a moment of anger, but 33 years of anger in that moment. So later I had to apologize to my wife for just walking away and explain to her what I was experiencing in that moment. That's the work of differentiation. It's taking a step back from what we are feeling and experiencing while asking ourselves questions like, how am I experiencing this moment? Where have I experienced this same thing before? Why do I feel the way I feel? And without honesty, guys, I would have just blamed my wife for that moment and justified the anger I was feeling towards her in the process, even though my anger literally had nothing to do with her. And I know what you may be thinking, it's just guacamole, dude. Why are you getting so mad? That's not such a big thing. But our emotional unhealth, guys, pops up in the big things and the really small things. It pops up everywhere. That's why the ability to take a step back and ask yourself questions and be honest is so important to our emotional health. That's why Jesus always answered a question with a question. He was making the questioner become honest with what was motivating him. 
Jesus was making people seek honestly, and he did that all the time. He was confronting the questioner with their own thought processes, preconceptions, assumptions, and belief. In Matthew 26, verses 6 through 10, Jesus says this, While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which he poured on his head, and he was reclining at the table. When the, when the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? They asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Now watch what Jesus does. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? Jesus is not answering their question, but he's asking a question to get to the motive of their question. And Jesus did this all the time. There's a lot of these moments in Scripture specifically in the, in the scripture that Aaron read today in, that, in uh, John 8, specifically verse 32, it says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The context of this verse is actually, if you adhere to my teachings, you will be my disciples. Then you will know the truth and it will set you free. This is a brilliant but hard teaching it's like when you only try to adhere to standards or you try to obey, that you realize it's actually hard for you to do, that you are not the person that you thought you were before trying to obey those things. And then the thing to do is to figure out why, and pretty soon, you're being honest with yourself. And then pretty soon, you're growing. You are changing. And that's what Jesus is talking about. And then the truth, guys, about yourselves, when you're honest with yourselves will set you free. You have to be an honest seeker to be free, but most of the time we feel that will hinder us or put us in a box. But what it actually does is release us to become the person Jesus meant for us to become. Discovering the truth about ourselves makes us free. And seeking is pretty easy after that. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. You just have to seek Jesus. If you need help or breakthrough, ask and seek God. What makes it complicated is our ability, though, to be honest with ourselves. So to be an honest seeker in the work of, emotionally, of emotional spiritual health, here are three things we must do. The first thing, we have to be honest with ourselves about why we do what we do. This is that work of differentiation in our lives that frees us, up, frees us up to become our true selves and to love others like Jesus. But real quick, I want to hit on this. Um, let me say something I don't like about being honest with ourselves. There is a saying, and you guys may have heard, heard this saying before in our culture. It says, I want to be true to myself. On the surface, I think that sounds great, but I think it's a tad bit acceptive. What I like a tad bit more is I want to be true about myself. I want to be true to myself is saying I want to be true to my feelings and emotions, and we all know there are just some feelings or emotions we should not be true to. Have you ever seen the kid in the mall who doesn't get what he wants, and then he loses his mind, making an embarrassment of parents and everyone that knows him? He's being true to his emotions and his feelings in that moment, but they're not helpful. Um, Alexander Venter has to say this about that. He goes, emotions are like children. They are delightful gifts from God. But if they are not disciplined, 
that can develop into delinquent dictators running riot through our bodies, destroying our self-image, and holding our minds and relationships in ransom. He goes on to say, we should not deny or suppress our emotions, nor ventilate or project them onto someone else. We must ask what the emotion points to and then express it responsibly in an adult manner. This is how we grow emotional intelligence and maturity. Now, I want to be true about myself. It's saying I am figuring out where that stuff comes from. It's being honest with yourself. I see people stuck in the wall, stuck in cyclical behavior because they are, not, because they are being true to what they feel but they're not being true and honest with themselves. So the first thing, guys, we must do is be honest with ourselves about why we do what we do. The second thing, ask God and seek him for help. James uh, 1 verse 5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. It may seem risky or weird asking God about your emotion, emotions, even as some seem a bit scandalous, but he is always loving and ready to listen. Having an honest conversation with God, guys, about how you are feeling or feelings that pop up or doing will be one of the most freeing things in your life. Um, I have a book by William Berry called Praying the Truth, and it just allowed me each chapter to be honest with God about what I feel and what, I am, and what I am experiencing in that moment. And it helped me become a freer person than I was before. So go to God. Have that conversation. See how he responds. I think it will surprise you. And then the last thing, guys, which I think is pretty big, talk to a trusted friend or a counselor. Remember my story at the beginning? Um, I picked five trusted friends and leaders and a counselor and let them into my emotional unhealth that I've had throughout my life, my pains and traumas and the things I have done and the things that have been done to me, and I found grace. The guy I quoted earlier, Alexander Venter, says, the primary way of healing emotions is to talk about them. In disclosing feelings, we not only release them, we see what is behind them and what we can do about them. Talking to trusted people will free you and help you along the way. It will help you experience the tangible grace that you may not be able to feel from God in the moment. I've learned God often hides the things we most need in other people so we don't live this life of faith alone. So find someone trusted. Find a counselor. Go to Lindsay. Come to me. And if you trust us, just be honest. Um, and I assume that you're going to find grace and healing. So for today, to end our sermon and for our time of Selah, um, I want to take a moment because I'm pretty sure that the Holy Spirit has spoke to you about something in your life, whether it was from the two stories I told. Um, I think Jesus has something that he's speaking to you. And so I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to come, and we're going to take a moment of silence, and then we're going to jump into communion. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to come into our living rooms, Father. Those things that have popped up, those emotions, those things, Lord, that we know that are separating us from our true selves. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come into the room and show us grace and speak to us right now in the name of Jesus. So come, Holy Spirit.
Yeah, guys, so whatever the Holy Spirit may have shown you throughout this sermon or what God may have pointed out to you or that idea you have in the back of your head from this sermon, um, I would say reach out to someone and tell them uh, someone trusted or reach out to me or just take some time and spend alone with God if God want to walk through uh, if God wants to walk through a memory with you and talk to you about things, allow him to do that because um, he's only looking to heal.